Einer, we have to leave. We have to leave. I have a plan. Again? You see how the last one worked? Oh, Einer, you stick with me. Plans, we live in a, a three-dimensional, four-dimensional, five-dimensional world of plans. They can come from anywhere. This one is smarter than my last one. Saffron. So. so do I. Saffron, <laughs> you, you entered into my consciousness. Is that something you might be able to do again if we had a a plan per se a uh we had we knew what we were doing what do you mean i cannot survive in your world for long without a vessel well i'm thinking we walk straight out of here from the in the straight out the entrance of the forbidden section and uh as uh we make our way out Regardless of the greeting or uh, what's the opposite of greeting? The uh, farewell. The far- the farewell. I was thinking. I think that I, means both greeting and the other thing. I thought maybe we would be greeted with like anger, actually. But I thought maybe when that happened, um, I'll make a little physical contact. And Saffron, you make your way into whoever's w- uh, on the other side of that contact. They have to say yes. Did ah, oh, you're right. Hmm. Let me think about that for just one second. Oh, I got it. I got it. Follow my lead. <laughs> we cut it to a new scene. Yeah. So I think that this is very like Rogue One. Maybe I think is there like a little uh, iron metal kind of iron worked. There ought to be a word. There's probably a German word for it. But the thing that the astronauts walk on to get onto the rocket ship. Scaffolding. Okay. So there's some iron scaffolding from the exterior of the library to the central forbidden rectangular column. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you tell me, is there like a check-in desk? Yeah, there's a check-in desk. And at it is a, a very young Helbling uh, who barely even has hair on his chest. Helblings are covered in hair from the neck down, by the way. Mm-hmm. And he's just passed out. He's passed out? He's asleep. Did I flip a did I flip a light side point? <laughs> no. Hmm. I just feel it's appropriate for this library. Wow. Alright, boys. Plan F, I guess. What's plan F? Well, F stands for Fun. Uh, fast. N- no. Furious for No. No. It stands for uh, freedom. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Is there like a vault at the bottom floor of the or the top floor? Knowing the yeah, knowing I think the, be at the top. I was gonna say knowing the towers, it should be at the top. Yeah, there is a vault of uh, forbidden objects all the way up to the top. I think that we we make our way up and we walk past the entrance and look across the iron scaffolding towards the check-in desk for the forbidden section. Um, boy, it's a wonder I didn't just find my way in here sooner, boys. Between you and the Hellboying, there is a gate with a lock on it. And Kalen thinks to himself, easy enough to melt, especially with your help. And I think Kalen needs to think about, is there anything else worth discovering in the forbidden section or does he know that does he know that there's stuff worth discovering is that what you're asking he's been in here before yeah there's a lot of stuff and 
the stuff that he's probably run across is, you know, I think if you're looking for something, it's going to be a lot easier to find than just glancing through a bunch of stuff and trying to spot something weird. So probably on his past uh, excursions to the forbidden section, he has run across things that he was looking for. Mm-hmm. Okay. But but yeah, when you are not looking for something and just like pulling books off the shelf and um, checking them out, I think things get a lot weirder. How are we going to phrase this? Um, Saffron, you mentioned the cracks. Yeah. These cracks. These cracks that we, that I and you create traveling through time, through and the other Heiner. place. Does Heiner make a crack every time he does that thing? I believe he does. He is using the same magic that you do. Are the cracks harmful to to our universe, I guess, our our place, our Fenrain? It depends on what you mean by harmful. Well, I'm not a uh, agent of chaos quite like you, Saffron. Um, do they hurt things? Do they hurt? Do people die because of them do dead things appear because of these cracks yes and no ah ah well that just <laughs> makes it all make sense hmm so what you're saying is maybe do you use magic uh does this answer your question <laughs> cups his hands one over the other and there's a little swirling gust of wind uh and, and what sort of magic would you say you used to make that swirling gust of oh, wind i would say arcana mm -hmm. you could not do that without the cracks and what is the worst thing that could happen to this world you're in now saffron due to said cracks i do not know ah helpful as ever well, the cracks are the production, they're the result of travel, and they result in magic. And I think magic is generally kind of good, does good things, makes us happy, changes things, pushes us forward towards a bright and bold future, Saffron. But if those cracks let bad things in, well, that's a different story. That ghost in... The woods seem to have a different opinion of your magic. That ghost in the woods thought that my arcana was a, a cantrip, uh, a, a negative product of negative products, perhaps the cracks. They told me that the only way to return the dead was to return them to earth, to transmute them back to soil back to Fenrain, back to this place, and not draw from the other place. Okay, I mean, by this logic, perhaps what we're, what I'm doing, what we're all doing, these, this magic, this manipulation of reality is unnatural, I guess. It's been a part of our lives for our entire lives, generations. It is natural to me. Yeah, well, you're unnatural to us. No offense, Saffron. Not saying that you need to go, but maybe 
others like Benthic do need to go, malevolent others that want to harm this reality. And if continuing to make these cracks, continuing to rely on magic that that pulls energy from the other place where you're from is going to continue to open more cracks and bring more others, bring more death to my world. Maybe, maybe I can't ignore this any longer, Saffron. I can tell that you and I are becoming friends. You should probably find me a vessel soon. Otherwise, we will not be friends much longer. Oh. Hmm. Well, as much as I've appreciated my, uh, your, uh, your unasked manipulation of, uh, my uh, corporeal vessel, Saffron, I'd, there's nothing I'd enjoy more than getting you out of my head. You, you'd notice that you are feeling a little sweaty, getting a little hot. Is that you, Saffron? You trying to cook me alive? Are you trying to you, you, you kill the host and take it over? Is that <laughs> Not on purpose. <sighs> so... So quick to push the blame onto <laughs> the unknown Saffron. Um, I do find it comical, though I also find it frustrating. Now, perhaps up in the forbidden section, uh, I am aware that there is, well, I'm not sure what's up there, but if it's anything like the information that I received in that, that large spooky book, uh, I can only imagine that it's, even larger and spookier, and perhaps even more useful. Shall we head up and see what we find? Though I feel we may find the Hetchen that we dispatched earlier. Perhaps a less subtle approach this time, uh, Heinier. Though quiet, this is, in of course, a library. The two, three of you make your way to the top of the Forbidden Library. There's a metal grate at the top of the spiral staircase, and the floor above you is stone rather than bars of iron and grates, lattice, if you will. You push the grate open, and as you do, um, you pop your head into this large space. It is taller than just a single floor. And around you are objects, many of which are covered in cloths, white draperies covering a lot of them. Uh, and you hear softly in the distance voices, two or three people talking to each other. <sighs> Never a moment to ourselves, huh? Shall we eavesdrop on uh, this conversation? Okay. Well, I mean, Heiner, you got, you got them big ears. Can you hear what they're saying? Not from here. There's definitely three of them, though. One of them smells like you. I don't know about the others. Hmm. Like me, huh? Yep. That's confusing, Pioneer, but I appreciate your honesty. Uh, alright. What do the other two smell like? Other people? What do people smell like, Pioneer? This is just a purely scientific question. Uh, you smell... You smell a little moldy, like a mushroom. Thank you, Heinier. Some other people smell salty. Uh, some of them smell meaty. Hmm. 
Some of them smell like minerals, like stone. Well, salt is a stone, of course, Heinier, but... I mean, like, sweat salt. Nah. Okay, so you're telling me we've got a, a Hylia, perhaps, over there? Yeah, um, that's what it smells like. And then, what's the other one smell like? Mm, mineral. Salty. Some kind of, perhaps, a stone folk? Maybe. Maybe Dergar. Okay. And the final one? I don't know. Mm. Mammal, probably. Well, I was interested in perhaps going over and taking a peek, seeing who our fellow scholars are. But in this case, you know, I, I've thought better of it. Pioneer and Saffron, let's perhaps poke around a little more silently. Pioneer, as quietly as you can, pull some of the sheets off as I do. Start on the left, I'll start on the right. So we're up here to find... You're just snooping. We're no, we're up here to we're up here to snoop through rare and exotic antiquities. Yes. And Caleb and a Heinier are traveling around is this a like a circular kind of domed room? Yeah, it's a circular domed room with a very tall ceiling. I think I, I want to add to that. So I think as Heinier and Caleb begin to snoop around this domed chupola. They, uh, Caleb looks up at the dome. I think it's made of a tinted blue glass, um, dark tinted blue glass okay. with kind of like inscribed iron lattice throughout Silver. it. Silver. It's lattice. Silver. Silver. Yeah, it's inscribed with silver it's dark lattice. Up there. You can't can't quite see, but yeah, you you do notice that it's silver. And I think that the glass is inscribed in ways where the sunlight will pass through, and there will be images and patterns in it. Mm -hmm. um, do you have what do the images and patterns kind of look like? I think they look like the the constellations. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking too. The Mariner, the Southern Spear, Edoeg the Hunter. You notice that there's some little bit of magic to it that uh, it, they appear to be moving just slightly. I'm going to say that I think that the magic that's enchanted in them is mostly powered by the sunlight that is actually beating down on them. Mm -hmm. And while Caelan looks up at these constellations in this very very i mean not lit room the constellations leave kind of a dull glow on the ground that helps caleb and hyenier in their snooping mm -hmm. so yeah you start peeking under cloths uh you find a rack of weapons made of bone Pioneer takes a, a cloth off this like this large ornate vase that looks like it's from the maybe from the three warriors out out west. And as he slips the fabric off the top, you hear the a sound emanate from inside. I'm gonna flip a point. I'm gonna flip a point because I want to find something. So with that point flip, yeah. Do you? Does this seem to be like a check? and flip we'll do a we'll do a check once you find it and you you 
This thing wasn't even covered in cloth. It was just in a little corner. The stuff around it, there are a couple things that had drapes over them. Maybe like a large wardrobe kind of thing. A small shield that when you look at it, the reflection in it is not you. But underneath these things and off to the side, there's a small chest. It's unremarkable, made of birch, a light wood with iron bands and what looks like a little gold clasp. And it looks like there may have been a lock on it at one point, but it's not there now. Opening it, you see inside there's a little cushion. It's like some padding in the bottom that's that's just soft cloth. And there's a pair of scissors and thread. And whatever they are, they seem important. And they seem different than a lot of the other stuff around here. Like, a lot of this stuff in here has... It looks like it was confiscated from necromancers. There's a lot of, like, instruments made out of things you probably don't want to make instruments out of. There are a lot of weapons and things made out of bone and armors and masks and that sort of stuff. Just like super typical necromancer stuff. But this thing stands out to you as being different. Do you want to describe what it looks like? Calum picks up this small pair of scissors. Looks to him like a pair of scissors used for tailoring thread and needlework. This pair of scissors is very detailed and ornate. Small ridges and curls kind of uh, uh, surround the edges of the two finger holes and an ornate covering, a sheath, uh, wraps around the front and to the tip. And he picks it up and inspects it and they seem to be made of very, very old preserved wood. I think that the little carvings and symbols on the case and on these loopy handles are either too small for him to directly inspect or too dust covered from centuries or who knows, maybe even just decades of neglect. Calum pulls the these small um, shears from their wooden sheath and clips them once or twice in, in the air and hears the shearing the sound of the two wooden also blades of this um, these, these shears kind of um, scrape against each other and the sound of them clicking together is very sharp and precise huh why why is this important why is this here odd choice of material Heiner sticks his nose in the box and they smell really old <clears throat> um just as a scientist for my future reference could you describe the scent of old um that's a tough one you already said I smell like mold. Yeah. Uh, no, do I yeah, smell I mean, old? No, no, no. There's a freshness uh, to you. This smells. Thank you, Pioneer. You're welcome. 
didn't mean it in any particular way. Um, Continue. It's it's dust, and uh, this isn't going to make sense to you. Moisture, the, mildew. No, no, no. The 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 smell is a patina. It's layered over and over and over again. People have touched it. The oils of hands. Uh, it's it's a smell of age and use and wear, but they don't look worn. Hmm. Things don't always need to be worn to be old, Pioneer. Though your description truly fascinates me, and I appreciate you as a colleague for your ability to decipher the subtleties of of time. That's that's fascinating. And what about this? He uh, pokes the spool of thread with his nose. Mm. What is? What's it what smell is, like to you? Same smell. It's, it's, there's something. It's very earthy. Uh, let's let an old scholar take a look, Hynir. Hmm. This thread is certainly made out of something organic, old yet pliable. Um, there's a there's a little needle poking out of it, and as you pull the thread from the spool, you can see the thread on the spool. But as you pull it, it's almost it's so thin that it's invisible. Like you can feel the tension between your hands, but you can't even see the thread when you pull it out. Heiner, this thread, huh? this thread is, well, it's less physical and more uh, corporeal, more abstract. If I could explain the subtleties of uh, the manipulation of matter, I don't want to bore you, Heiner, but as a as a magician scholar alchemist this thread so thin nearly invisible is almost as if i were to have cast a spell to make a thread from the very air and wind around us now this seems like something that someone perhaps as knowledgeable and advanced as i could do but i've never seen anything like it before frankly i'm quite impressed I know you're speechless. That's fine. Um, I can anyway. see it. Oh, He's I didn't mean to condescend like you either. I didn't mean to. Your ears and your sense of smell are far beyond mine. And for that, I appreciate you. And I'm going to put these in my pocket. And were you going to do some sort of check concerning them? Yes, I am going to do a check concerning them. I'm going to do a knowledge forbidden check. Okay. Each of your knowledge knowledges would reveal a different result. So you can roll any knowledge check. Okay. You know what? Hard. Forbidden is my best knowledge check and probably the most uh, forthcoming. Though I do like the idea of lore, understanding perhaps the history of these scissors. Perhaps. I'm going to do Mayhaps. forbidden. All right. Mayhaps these scissors have the answers to mine problems. Will these scissors, in fact, increase mine magics? <laughs> mine magics. I'm going to do a forbidden check. And by forbidden check, I mean maybe somewhere in maybe even the book that Calum paged through earlier. He saw some evidence of these 
small scissors and this thread that is definitely mystifying him. And it's May- like mayhaps <laughs> this thread that has like this very ancient enchantment. So what's my difficulty? It is. It is a red and two purples. That's a bit hard. It's a bit weird. It's a weird thing. Never can seen have anything a, like it before. Can I have a Maybe. boost for the book that I read earlier? You can have a boost for something, but it might not necessarily be that book. Is it a boost for Saffron for knowing stuff? No, it's not. Saffron doesn't know nothing. Saffron doesn't know anything about this thing, probably. Saffron doesn't really you know, know anything about the world I live in. No, he doesn't. He's never been here. Do you want to flip a story point to things easier for you? You already have two in your uh, I just flipped one to make it more difficult. Oh. So you should have two player story points. So if if I flip one, do I add a green? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. We got a... Are there any setbacks? No. Just that red. Wow. Just the red. Wow. Yeah. I got one failure, one threat, and one triumph. You have no idea what these scissors are. You hear a loud bang from the other side of the room and somebody shout something sort of indistinguishable. Was the bang and shout related to Heinier uh, ruffling through items? No, it was related to whoever else is in this room. Can I just uh, narratively say that Heinier is laying on the ground chewing on a bone weapon yeah Yeah. um it's between his teeth it's got a long long probably who knows but a arm bone from shoulder to elbow is the part he's chewing on and then a long bone blade that sticks out from behind his mouth and he Uh, as soon as Calum hears the bang, he kind of crouches down a little bit. Going into stealth mode, as we often do in RPGs, and looking for the source of the noise and resulting whatever's going to happen. What's your triumph? You have no idea what these scissors are. You've never seen anything like them before. The symbols on the on the handle mean nothing to you. They're indecipherable. I want my triumph to be that as Calum clips the air as he did earlier with these scissors, there's kind of a noise. Something that really piques his curiosity and will maybe help him figure out what they do. The noise of the clip, the small of the scissors It almost sounds like the movement of air uh, being sucked into the scissors, but it almost sounds like it's being sucked in. The sound almost sounds backwards. It's like a, it's like, we think about that. Sure. Yeah. Not, not super helpful at the moment, but maybe. No, but Caleb, if Caleb knows one thing, it's, it's about the air. And That's what true. is happening with these scissors is almost like a like a miniature vacuum. It's like creating a 
creating an empty space as they open and close. Okay. Yeah, so they, they're like creating an empty space as they open and close, and uh, or as they close and as they open, the air that that fills it is almost like um, expanding outward. And I think he thinks to Saffron, in all my years of study, I've never seen or used anything quite like this. I've never read anything about a tool like this. And frankly, Saffron, I don't know what it does. But a curious cantrip, if nothing else. Yeah, I do not know either, but there is something familiar. And as Calum looks around his shoulder towards the impending, antagonizing sound of Mm -hmm. who knows what, he slips these wooden scissors in their sheath into his into his bag i'll flip a story point because as he turns and looks he sees the movement of a large stone person wheeling something here's the squeak of wheels moving across the stone as he uh, moves with his back to calum towards where the voices were heard earlier the thing that he's moving is just cloth draped on it over it but it seems like it's about as tall as calum and thin wait what is about as tall as calum and thin whatever this person is moving whatever is on these squeaky wheels okay i'm gonna be proactive here i want to do a stealth check and i'm gonna get okay. closer to the to those squeaky wheels what's my difficulty let's see it's two reds and a purple two reds and a purple how unkind of you it's a paladin this, for you this is against whoever the actually no that's actually incorrect is that uh, their vigilance it is against one red one purple oh that's quite different hmm, hmm? all right so i'm gonna do a stealth check and get closer to this uh person or closer to this object that they wheeled in. So you're doing a group check with Hynir. Saffron's not really helping out here. So Hynir's stealth is three yellows and you get a blue for you helping out. So I think think as soon as that sound is very echoing audible throughout this chamber, Hynir's ears perk up. Yeah. And drops the bone oh no oh no one failure and three advantages we failed our stealth check yeah as the two of you attempt to sneak up on this person moving this thing you notice that there's a another person pretty close by um they're not directly looking at you but as they step close to this tall object they actually step on the cloth and as the stone folk moves the thing the cloth comes off and it reveals a mirror a mirror about as tall as you with a crack down the middle and the stone folk sees you in the mirror nicely done three advantages Hmm. this is tough i know what i want to do you're gonna bluff aren't you oh you know everything i'm gonna do but maybe you also don't Okay. I'm going to start, and then I'll explain what the three advantages are. Okay. I am visible in the mirror, Calum, 
and I think that the stone, this stone folk's head looks from the mirror and turns to Calum. He just grinds slowly. And Calum says, Good afternoon. And my three advantages. Calum gestures with one hand, the hand closest to Heinier, to hide. Okay. And Heinier ducks his head down and backs towards a cloth, disappears under a table covered in cloth just his head peering out in the darkness. The other person who is with the stone folk, they are a very young Ision. The Ision peeks out from behind the mirror and looks down at the dropped cloth and looks up at you and says, uh, hey, are you supposed to be here? Of course I am. I'm a, a scholar of the fellowship. This, these iron towers are on my playground. And I will research and discover what I will within them. Now, if you wouldn't mind divulging what you and this stone folk are up to, I'd be happy to share in your research, fellow. Uh, No, no, I don't think you have an appointment. Do you have a pass? Yes, I do have a pass, as a matter of fact. The stone folk turns. He's just got a cloak on with the medallion at the center. Uh, clasping the two sides of it. His stones are reddish, and you can see the little bit of glow in between uh, in between where they connect. And he says, Good afternoon. Always a pleasure to meet a few scholars so that we can chat, have a civil discussion about the the goals and achievements of our great fellowship. Truth be told, I've traveled here with knowledge and research well, in my opinion, beyond that of which the Fellowship even understands and knows. That's why I've sought you, or I guess sought this place. Now, have any of you seen or uh, heard of a, a, a Hylian named Balthazar? I might have information that he'd be interested in. Bessian's walking towards you with a hand outstretched. I think you need to roll probably a leadership check against them to convince them that you are uh, being truthful here and uh, actually need to see Balthazar because you are not supposed to be here. Boost because of my armor and convincing demeanor. I will allow it because of the armor. Fair enough. But not because of your convincing demeanor because that is actually a talent that you can buy. Is it called convincing demeanor? It is called convincing demeanor. Dang. Okay, what's my difficulty? It's a red and a purple. Oh boy, this is either going north or south. Zero successes, one advantage. Um, I'm sorry, my if my appearance, my garbs aren't quite what the institution here is accustomed to, but as a traveling scholar, I've been on the road for a while. Just got back today. But that's how pertinent this information is. No, no, you're not supposed to be here. Uh, this is Balthazar asked us to bring this up and nobody else is supposed to be up here right now. I know the schedule. I wrote the schedule. Um, what was your name? Scholar. It's Torin. And this is Ravnik. Torin. Let me tell you the, the world is full of schedules, but the world was built on chaos. Everything is chaotic. The fact that I'm here right now, unexpected to you is an example of that. 
Now, as a fellow scholar, can't you understand that things don't always come, they don't always conform to your schedule. But what I'm telling you is that the information that I have is paramount to not just the future of the fellowship, but to the future of our great institution. Have we met before? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Hmm. I never forget a face. You just happen to be in luck because Balthazar's right over here. And since you're not supposed to be here right now, he's going to want to see you. Ah, well, I will take that advantage and uh, travel around this corner and speak with him myself. Now, Thorin, was it? Torin. 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 My apologies. I understand that a name, a name is identity and I respect yours. Torin, what's this you're moving? You don't need to know that. Come on, let's go. Torin and Ravenick um, continue wheeling this mirror into this larger open area in this section of the library. And you see as you move with them, standing in the center of this space, the Hylia that you know as Balthazar. He's tall and he's got sort of a gray complexion. His features are sharp and dramatic and the light coming from the stained glass windows is is dim casting this area that he is standing in in shadow he is accompanied by a very large stone folk his stones are dark almost black with a little bit of a shine to them and you can see the glow from where the stones meet from that molten core inside and you also see that hutchin from earlier the one that you uh, evaded detection in the library below before we start i should ask how how well do balthazar and caleb know each other i think that they're pretty i think that they're well we're like inventing this right now yeah um what do you think like narrative wise what's interesting in the long run I think so. Caleb chose his assignment going to Volk, which signifies that he is decently high up in the fellowship, that he was able to choose where he was going and then get people assigned to him. So Caleb's probably somewhere in the middle of the fellowship ranks. So mm-hmm. Balthazar is probably aware of him. Like he, Balthazar would not be aware of 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 lower ranked people. Mm-hmm. But maybe Calum is somebody to watch. I'm fine with that. They don't have to be okay. like have come up in the same class or something. Yeah. The highest rank is seer, and that is what Balthazar is. So the there are seven seers at the, the top of the fellowship. The all the way at the bottom are the initiates. Calum is not an initiate. Um, above them are masons, builders, and keepers. Uh, Peck was a builder, I think that Calum is probably above that rank. Mm -hmm. The next rank up are architects and guardians. And I think Calum is probably an architect or a guardian. Yeah. Architect sounds about right. Cause it sounds kind of, um, science-y or like, yeah. So architects, this is, this is the tricky bit though. So architects are the ones who make things and tinker and learn 
but guardians are the ones who go places. And up until this point, Caleb has described himself as a traveling scholar. So mm-hmm. a little bit of an architect and a little bit of a guardian. Mm-hmm. Which th- which one do you think he would be? Maybe he's uh, he's like in residency as a in transition from architect to guardian. So he's expected to return with scientific findings, which is why he was originally excited to return with knowledge of this kind of space time travel that he's done. Okay. So he's probably an architect, which would mean that there's a little bit of a blue hem on his white robe. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Okay. Who's going to talk first here? I have a question before we talk. Yeah. You mentioned, you said that I've recognized this mirror. Yeah. Where do I recognize it from? Bellman's house. It's the same mirror that was in Bellman's house. Yeah. And so time, does Caleb know when he is? Caleb planned to be here exactly when he left when he left Bellman's house. So this, in between when he was here previously and is here currently, the mirror has traveled from Bellman's house here? Yes. But this is when he left. That was the plan. I I am confused. (laughs) So he left. Oh, because he came because he didn't show up when he wanted to show up. I'm flipping a story point because he didn't show up exactly when he wanted to show up. So he assumes that he's showed up after he meant to, because unless he's assuming that they didn't take this mirror from this library and bring it to Belvin's house. I'm saying right. Well, he was he intended to show up after he left, but only by a matter of seconds or minutes. But it may have been a little bit longer. Seems like it was a little bit longer. And Balthazar guides these these two moving the mirror. He's wearing his long robes of the the seer with the silver hem along the bottom and along the collar. And he's gesturing for these two to just bring it a bit closer. We're going to set it right here. And who is this? He gestures towards. Ah, Belthazar, you don't recognize uh, an old colleague, an old architect of my rank? Yes, architect. Calum Clara, is that correct? My reputation precedes me? Not sure. Well, yes, it does. You haven't checked in in a few months. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Other Place. The Other Place is a production of Nightcast Creative. For more about us and the things that we do, visit nightcastcreative.com.